welcome to episode 157 of the Codex Prime podcast for Wednesday, March 20th, 2019. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on, y'all? And joining us in the studio once again, very special guest making his return to the Codex Prime podcast, Jim Savard. Thank you for having me once again, guys. Going to be a good night tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, Jim, the creator of Hellion and a man of a thousand and one opinions. <laughs> oh, yes. Is that what we're going to name him now? I just made that up at the top of Sounds my head. Sounds good, though. Man it, of a thousand and one opinions, good. yeah. That, that was yeah. a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, and we've got plenty to talk about. Um, major news this week, which we'll get into, the Disney-Fox merger. Uh, plenty of uh, thoughts on that. Um, didn't happen this week. <laughs> Yeah, we've got we've got trailers that just dropped, um, some comics, and uh, some some other movies, some other stuff that we've been up to, and all that. So uh, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a nice evening, you know. So uh, yes, the chat is live. So for those of you uh, tuning in, you can uh, drop a comment and always uh, tune in on, on the show via the YouTube comments uh, below, and also you can uh, catch all of our episodes on SoundCloud. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, and of course, uh, Facebook Live. Well, not Facebook Live, but Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram. I think we hit. Yeah, I'm gonna post. I'm gonna post it. I'll post the link on Instagram. Yeah, I hit all. I hit all the platforms there. So uh, did you hit MySpace? Oh, MySpace. Oh, speaking. So of- you didn't hit them all, and they lost all their music, right? They did. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. yeah, I think it was like um, they were. I think they were moving servers, and in the process, they lost all the music that was uploaded on that platform. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, from like what a nine year period or something like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Ten, actually, probably more than that. Yeah, it was. It was pretty bad. So all those uh, aspiring MySpace musicians, I hope you had. Hope you have your uh, music still saved on your uh, external hard drives, because if not, you're gonna have to start from scratch again. I hear auto tunes a thing, uh, but yeah. So yeah, Jim. Uh, so yeah, talk to the people. What have, what have you been up to? What's been going on in your world? Oh, just you know, normal stuff. Being a dad, taking care of the kid, uh, kids, hanging out with them. Uh, movies, work, more movies, music, mm. TV shows. So that that's about as exciting as it gets for me. Oh yeah, I hear that. And I see you got you brought some goodies. Uh, I did. I did. I'll save them for later because usually we, uh, you ask what I'm reading and watching, or do you want to do that now? It's up to you. Oh yeah, we can we can go get into on. that. Yeah, go on. All right. Well, we'll start off with. Uh, I'm a big comic book fan, and uh, these two guys are gamers, and I'm I'm not really a gamer, but um, I go through the previews religiously uh, every month, looking for new comics to read, and you know, Marvel and DC are your basic heroes, superheroes, villains. Um, so every now and then I need a break from that, and I like something different. And um, a book from Titan Comics caught my eye, and they're actually on their third story arc, but it's uh, from a video game called Bloodborne. Yeah. And I brought uh, two issues, the first two issues of um, A Song of Crows. This is the third, the third um, story of this. And the second one, this issue right here, just came out today. Mm. They ship with three covers, and... Uh, fantastic story i love reading it it's very enjoyable and uh i highly highly recommend it Mm. um another book i read which is um from idw it caught my eye the first issue slipped by me and i didn't see it 
But the second issue I saw at the shop, um, it had a character and it, it was wearing a T-shirt and said, "What's a strummer?" Um, Joe Strummer is the singer of the Clash, and I'm a big Clash fan, so I picked up the book one and two. But it's called "Punk's Not Dead," and this is the second uh, story arc of it. Another fantastic read, and I'm so excited this is out. This one's called London Calling, so it's good stuff, and uh, I highly recommend that. As for DC, um, the big surprise book for me, I'm a big Hawkman fan, which is doing okay, but Hawkman usually has a short life, so uh, the book I'm really enjoying is Catwoman. Mm. Catwoman is absolutely amazing. The, first of all, DC's doing two covers for everything, yep. two, you know, a regular and a variant. But the variant's like a painting. Mm. And you can see in most stores, people are buying the variant. The variants are outselling the the regular covers. The regular covers are okay, but the it's just like having your own painting. I don't know if you've seen some of the Batgirl ones. Um, I've seen a few of them, yeah. Yeah, the Batgirl ones are incredible. I wish I didn't bring uh I didn't bring Catwoman, but the Catwoman covers are unbelievable and the story's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um as for Marvel, the new Fantastic Four. Yes. I love it. I, I was a little apprehensive at first. I'm like, well, we'll see what happens, see if they ruin it. And they haven't. And then, like, issue five, they had the thing got married. And that's not a spoiler because it's all over the cover. And it was, and I'm like, oh, here we go. You know, a wedding in comics, it usually ends up being something. But it, it, it's, it's, it was, it was well written. It was a fun, fun story. And so far, the story's been incredible. Mm. So, like, those are probably like the four that I'm really, enjoying the most right now All right. at this moment so. oh cool yeah i've been meaning to catch up on uh fantastic four because i do have the first two issues i kind of fell behind yeah. um hawkman um i i'm really enjoying it. i read the first four issues of that yep oh that's good yeah, yeah. and I've, I've so far i have um all the well the first four variant covers and the variant covers are pretty fantastic <laughs> yes yeah. they are and um, Catwoman, I've read the first uh, two issues, which and I'm sub- and I subscribe to them on uh, big shoutouts to Regan at Rock Coco's. Yep. So I got to collect the rest of the uh, issues. So I got to c- catch yeah. up on that series. Y- you won't be disappointed. I mean, like I said, Catwoman totally caught me off guard, mm-hmm. but it was because issue one was part of the Batman getting married. Yeah. And you know, we all know what happened there. Or if you don't, I'm not going to tell you. Mm-hmm. But so I got the first issue and I was like, wow, this is well written. Yeah. Uh, Joel Jones. Is the is the writer, and um, I loved it. Yeah. So I, you know, I just keep keep reading it, and I'm like, it's well written, and it's not, it's not wordy, it's not like a tough read. It it flows, and it's just it's, it is what it is. It's nothing more, nothing less, but it's a good, entertaining story. Nice. So, yep. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, on my end, um, I've been catching up on a bunch of uh, uh trade paperbacks. Uh this past week um i actually finished all five volumes of ex machina uh by brian k vaughn have you read this series no um it's actually a pretty fantastic series it uh came out it it had us run from 2004 to 2010 and it was uh it ran for 50 issues it was published through the uh, vertigo line okay through dc and uh it's part it's like part uh political drama part uh superhero story it's about this guy named Mitchell Hundred, and he's a civil engineer who uh, who who gets these powers uh, after this alien uh, device explodes in his face, and he gains the ability to talk to and manipulate machinery of any kind, except for like uh, really simple ones like a bow and arrow. But like 
stuff like technology he can manipulate, like smartphones, cars, you name it. And uh, he has a he has a run as uh, the Great Machine. He has this like this gaudy uh, costume, and he's flying around New York in a jetpack. Um, and the and the story flashes back to his days as, as a superhero, where um, he's he's described as like I would describe him as like fifty percent competent because sometimes he'll just like cause more damage trying to save people than than preventing it. Um, he actually uh, he actually decides to retire from superheroing after preventing um, well preventing part of nine eleven. Um, he actually prevents one of the other, one of the towers from from being hit by a plane. Actually, uses his powers to divert the plane away. Um, and after that, he decides to run for mayor of New York and he New York City, and he wins by a landslide. And so the whole so the whole series is him trying to navigate um, the pettiness of uh, the political arena. Yeah. And um, and the film also uh, flashes back to like his times of fighting his one of his arch enemies, which this guy named uh, Jack Fearson. Who gains the ability to manipulate and control animals? So like a like think of like an R-rated Doctor Doolittle. That's cool. So it's it's a pretty fantastic story. Um, uh, it's definitely worth reading. Um, it, and it's and Brian K. Vaughn. He's like he, he, he's just he's just a phenomenal writer. I'm mad at for Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, for Saga. Yep. <laughs> he just ended it. Like, Tony stop. Tony Harris is the artist on that, right? Yes. Tony, he's a hell of a writer. He did Starman, and and his artwork is just. Brilliant. So there's got to be good art in there, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, you said that he, you said Brian K. Vaughn ended Saga? I thought it was going Well, on. for now, it's on oh, hiatus, hiatus. So I'm still okay. mad at him, bro. I'm yeah. Still mad at him for it. Yeah, it's yeah. on hiatus. You know how hard it is to come back off of hiatus? <laughs> well, you know, where Saga yeah. ended, I, you know, I, he definitely needs the break. So, yeah. So it's going to come back in a major it way. Got real. Yeah. <laughs> saga got real. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely pick up uh, Ex Machina if you want to. Catch up on some Brian K. Vaughn uh, work. Didn't uh, you do a uh, special video on your personal YouTube channel about uh, Ex Machina? No, that was the film. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the movie, film, which is not based on the comic. Oh, it's no affiliation whatsoever? Yeah, no relation. No relation whatsoever. But yeah, this is an awesome series. Um, yesterday, I also had the good fortune of going to Best Buy. I had, I I had to reserve right it. And I picked up the Steelbook edition I hate you. of the Blu-ray of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, my son the, wants to see that the, so bad. Oscar oh. winning. The Oscar winning. Did say it right? The Oscar winning yes. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yep. It won uh, for Best Animated Feature. And uh, it's a nice pop art uh, design. Uh, it's the Best Buy Steelbook with uh, black and, black and uh, red uh, graffiti art of Miles Morales and the Spider-Man symbol spray-painted. A phenomenal film. This is, in my view, like I said, like when we, when we reviewed it, my favorite Spider-Man film. It actually surpassed Spider-Man Two, and no small feat. Uh, I, I don't know if you you said you haven't had a chance to see it. How much is that going to set me back? Um, this one was uh, thirty bucks. Um, but if you go if you go on Best Buy, I would recommend like reserving it because these go out pretty quickly. I had the good fortune of picking up the one and only copy in Warwick, so so I had to go online and reserve it. So yeah, this is an amazing film. Um, like, I mean, if 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 someone says that this is like their not only the best Spider-Man film but also their favorite superhero film overall, I would have no argument because this was so well done. And man, it de- it definitely it, like if you put this and you compare it to like Tom Holland's Spider-Man, Tom Holland's Spider-Man might as well take a hike. He has, he's not touching Spider-Verse at all whatsoever. Wow. Um, 
But yeah, I got that. And um, lastly, I saw this interesting film, uh, which I think I think it might this might be its last week playing. But it's like a it's like a small uh, film. It's playing at the uh, Showcase Cinemas in Warwick on Quaker Lane. It's called Arctic. Uh, Arctic it stars uh, Mads Mikkelsen, and uh, he plays. It's like a survival tale. He plays this uh, guy who was crash landed somewhere in the middle of the Arctic, and um, and it was like there's like there's like nothing but snow tundra for like miles around and um he has to take a chance of either staying staying put where he's like developed a little system where he's like developed these little like ice fishing holes to like get food um every day he like travels to different spots uh, uh, a, f- a few ways away from his crash site to like to like crank this radio to get a signal and um and the film has like very very little dialogue so it's just him just braving the elements and he has to find a way. He has to make a, make a choice. Like, okay, I can either stay here and eventually die, or I can like take a chance by just moving, walking away from the crash site and try to get to some kind of safety. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty tight film. I think it's about no more than, than ninety minutes. Um, it's it's a it's really good. It's quite underrated. Uh, it was directed by this guy Joe Penna, who who originally did YouTube videos, as it turned out. So so this is his uh, first uh, first feature. The film was shot on location in Iceland. And uh, Mads Mikkelsen, like he was a, then delivered a terrific performance, and the film goes into some interesting directions. I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of, it's kind of cool. I like Mads Mikkelsen. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a uh, uh, American audiences uh, know him best from Hannibal, the TV series. Hannibal, uh, what was it? Uh, Rogue One. Oh, Rogue One. He Rogue was Rogue One. That. Doctor Strange. Casino Royale. He was a uh, Lashif, the the villain. He wasn't Ro- Casino Royale. <laughs> yep. So yeah, Arctic. Um, if you have a chance to check it out, uh, by all means. Um, I think the might, I think the Blu-ray is coming out at the end of April, so you can have a chance to rent it when it comes out. So yeah, that's uh, so that's what I've been up to. That's what you give it a Blu-ray. I mean, um, red box it. Um, I would say I would say it's worth seeing in the theater, but since at least in Rhode Island, since it's on its way out this week, um, I would say definitely give it a rental. It's it's definitely worth checking out. Worth putting in your collection. Um, I'd say I would I, I would wait for a deep sale. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what I've been up to, but before I wanted to do before I do that, I got to shout out our sponsor, Studio Headphones. Yes. As Victor so eloquently wearing. Yes. <laughs> All right. If you want some high quality, affordable, and customizable, customizable, customable, uh, y'all know what I mean. <laughs> some custom made <laughs> headphones. <laughs> All you got to do is just go to studio.com and use the promo code CODEXPODCAST to get 15% off. And as always, free shipping in the USA. Yeah. All right. Quick plug. I've been on the comic sip, uh, not only for my weekly uh, visits, but I uh, happened to go into Newberry Comics and um, they had like grab bags for sale for like six bucks. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, sure, why not? And the, they would buy one, get one free. So okay. I was able to get like. 20 comics for like six bucks. Nice. Yeah. So um, I'm in the process of reading, all, reading those all. I tried to finish by like Wednesday, but by today, but yeah, it just wasn't happening. But for my normal reads, uh, I've been reading the amaz- the latest uh, Amazing Spider Man run by written by Nick Spencer. Craven. That's what I'm about to read. The, the hunted. New hunted, the new hunted story arc has started, uh, which is obviously written by Rick, Nick Spencer and the art by Humberto Raven, Humberto Ramos. I like where this is going. Like they're making Craven to like a complete badass. Okay, but it's not just Craven. 
Okay, for as so what it is, Cra- Craven and his minions, including the Taskmaster, Black Ant, and um Craven's quote unquote son. Mm-hmm. Okay, he has been kidnapping all these animal themed characters and all these villains, and but he just needed one more to complete his collection. Mm-hmm. The spider. Okay. And now he's pretty much something and he's organized he's organized something similar to like a Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Type. Mm. And Spider Man's the target. Okay. Sounds intriguing. Oh yeah. And then like Craven's son, because what he did, he's like he genetically made he genetically created like a whole bunch of children. Mm-hmm. And then he just set them off to the into the wild. Okay. Only one came back and he said, Father, I've killed them all. I'm the only one that's worthy. Mm. So he's just basically like a younger, much more badass version of him. And where this story arc is going, uh, I'm already hooked on to Nick Spencer's line as it is, and I can't wait to like see how this finishes out. Okay. Because this is, this is pretty this is pretty grim. I like that. Yeah. See now, I'm not a sp- I don't read Spider Man, mm-hmm. but I love Craven. I think he's a great. So I'll pick up story arcs. On Spider-Man, when I saw The Hunted was coming out yeah. in Craven, I was like, oh, yep, I'm on. Well, so, so I got the uh, the first issue, the pre-issue, and the dot .hu. Yeah, 16.hu. They hinted at Craven in like one of the earlier um, mm-hmm. comics. I've been reading the Nick Spencer run since it came yep. out. And um, like they hinted at him, and then they just didn't do anything else. So I'm like, okay, what are you going to do with like Craven? Like, I've just been kind of... Waiting for it, waiting for it, and then boom, here we go with the the hunted, yeah. With the hunted, I'm like, all right, this is where we're going, and like, and it's it's getting real. Okay, it's getting real. Shout out to random, shout out to the three R show too that's watching right now. Well, uh, I was just on his show, uh, wrestling is trash this past Monday. Uh, awesome time. I was I was uh, with uh, Brian from our UWO brothers who'll be coming on right after us. Mm-hmm. Awesome time. The episode won't be out this Monday, but it'll be out the Monday after. I'll be sure to share it, you know, share it with you guys, with you all. But awesome, awesome. What? Oh yeah, the tapping on me, picking oh. up in the microphone. All right, yeah. sorry. So um, next, I also picked up, which was part of that grab bag, was uh, Captain America Annual Number One, which is written by Teeny Howard and art by Ron Ron Lim and uh, Chris Sprouse. And it was set in 1944, and Bucky and um, Bucky Barnes and Cap are actually they come across um, a farmhouse during an advanced scouting mission, and they meet a group of concentration camp refugees. And Captain Buck spend the night, basically helped them, helping them escape to freedom. Mm-hmm. Cute little story, you know, one of those annual comics is just like one little cute story, and then that's just it. Yeah. But yeah, it was cute. Okay. Nice little, nice little pickup. Um, what up, crew? Screw WrestleMania right now. That's all I got. Shout out to Ed from the Party Nerds. Um, and part also part of that um, grab grab bag was Ask Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. So it's written by uh, Colin Bunn and art by Matteo Lali. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him at all. Yes. Yeah, he's re- he's uh, done a lot for a lot of artwork for Marvel. But it's following the events of the the events of Infinity, uh, the 2018 Infinity War, set Nebula off on a quest to rule the galaxy, wielding the mo- wielding a powerful Asgardian weapon, and it is up to the team to stop her. Now the team consists of Angela, Valkyrie, and the human f- and the human who shares her form, an archaeologist named Annabelle Riggs, uh, Skurz the Executioner. 
Throg, which is a but Thor as a frog. Yeah. Which is weird to me. Yeah, they've had that. Yeah. That's old, yeah. Yeah. And then also Kevin Masterson, aka Thunderstrike, and the Destroyer. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, that number one came at, that number one came came with it, but I'm like, I think Asgardians is probably like seven or eight issues deep. Mm-hmm. And I think I feel like I'm just a little too far gone, especially with all the other reads that I got going on. So I'm like, I think I'm just gonna sit this one out. Yeah. But if you can, if you have the time, I say go for it. Okay. Go for it. Send me a review. Convince me mm-hmm. to follow this. And then also what came to came with that was Shatterstar number one. So I got intrigued after Shatterstar's um I guess film debut and oh. ending in Deadpool 2. All right. So, so I was just bad. like, you know what? He did look like a badass character. Let me give him a shot in this in this book. So um the book was written by uh written by Tim Seeley and art by Carlos Vilda and Geraldo Sandoval. And once he, he was once a gladiator, Ben Gavira Ben Gavidra, who is now a landlord living in the modern modern Marvel universe, and he's written out of an apartment building to uh, other heroes from alternate universes as well. But then his tenants end up actually getting kidnapped. They were attacked and kidnapped, thinking that he left it, that he left this uh, superhero life behind. He has to return back to rescue his tenants. I think it's actually going to be a short run. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm okay with this one. Is, Shadow, is that a mini series? Maybe it's a mini series. I think, yeah, I think it is a mini series. Yeah. I think that I think it's already done now. I think it was just a five issue series. Mm-hmm. There, there is one other book we have to give mention to because we would be shameful if we didn't. Mm-hmm. Next Wednesday, the 30th? 27th. 27th. Detective Comics issue 1000 comes out. Oh, yes. And it's got, I think it's got nine or 10 covers. Um, and they're beautiful. And if you like um, the animated series with Bruce Tam, mm-hmm. he, he's doing one of the covers. And it looks old school, and it's got like the, I think it's the '40s. It's got the Joker on it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Bernie Wrightson, Sternenko, Capullo, uh, Steve Rude, Jim Lee. I mean, the, and the covers. I feel like these covers are better choices than the Action One Thousand. The Action One Thousand had some nice covers for Superman, but the Batman. I think the overall selection is better. Okay. For covers, so Detective One Thousand next year, next yeah. week, next, next week. week. Yeah, okay. I picked up Action One Thousand just for the sake of like, oh my god, this is Action Comics One Thousand. I mean, yeah. it's pretty impossible by now to get Action Comics Number One. Please grab One Thousand. Yeah. yeah. Same yeah. with Detective Comics. Yep. Right on. And then, um, I actually ended up picking up uh, Spawn Kills Everyone Two issues one through four. This is the most absurd little kitty story that I've ever like read. It was written by Todd McFarlane, who has done also like ve- many variant covers to it, mm-hmm. and um, the ins- he's yeah ri- he written and did the art covers, and also the inside art was written by uh, Will Robson, and it's a four part miniseries where Baby Spawn eats too much junk food, has a stomach ache, and gives birth to min to like thousand like hundreds of Mini, mini spawns, like there's just little baby uh, turd spawns. Baby turd. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> baby turd. So he becomes upset, and he's upset because he's slacking on he's slacking on his little killing spree. Because every year he goes on a killing spree, 
And uh, he's been slacking on that due to apparently being a parent. Mm-hmm. He's got to watch those babies, baby yeah. turds. Yeah, right. So the baby turds see that he's upset about it. So they do the work for him. Okay. And then they come across. Then they become like the, killer yeah, the turds. The actually becomes so brutal where they actually killing off that. They're killing off Batman. Captain America, Superman, the Hulk, in the most weirdest, most gruesome ways ever. Uh. That and then it actually catches the attention of Clownos, which is a fusion of Thanos and Clown. Oh Jesus! That, that, it's I, I can't make this up. That sounds like pure nightmare fuel. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> you got to be very sensitive to call that. But it's just like, what did I really read? The covers are dope. I mean, they're baby spawn, and then, you know, Top and Fowling, I guess I'm a little biased because it's my all-time favorite comic artist. Mm-hmm. But Jesus Christ, this is, like, ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> he makes fun of himself, too. It's like, you know, because he, he casted Jamie Foxx to play Spawn, and they're just like, Jamie Foxx has Spawn, he's too short. Like, he actually mentions that. Or the Jeremy, Ma- Jeremy Renner is Twitch, he's too young and handsome, like... Uh, it was just like a little ha-ha, but nothing entirely too special. Okay. Wow. I don't think we can top that as far as comic recommendations this week. Nah. Nah, I just went through all of them, and that's I still got more that I got to go through. Man. All right, then. Well, uh, let's see. We got a few people in the chat. Uh, Eddie Road Dog. Uh, Nick Thomas is here. Uh Kyle, uh, Kyle says that uh, the uh, UWO is going to be on tomorrow. Oh, good! I have to stay up late. And listen yeah. to <laughs> All right, yeah. So, welcome everybody to the chat. Um, oh yeah, uh, Jim, I had a question. Um, did you have a chance to see Aquaman? Yes. What did you think of it? I liked it. Awesome. I, I, you know what? It, it, it's um, it was. I liked him in Injustice League because you took Justice League took. You know, Batman and Superman, and they were relevant to the story, but they were irrelevant to the story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about them. It was about all the characters we knew a little about. Yeah. Like they did a good job with introducing Cyborg. They, you know, introduced Aquaman. They introduced, you know, the fl- the Flash. We all know his story, kind of. Yeah. And and they solidified Wonder Woman. But that that scene with Aquaman and under Gotham when he you know, does his uh, trident and he spreads the water so they can get out. Yeah. It was like, he's a badass. And then the movie comes out and it's like, it was, my concern was they were going to give him dopey lines to say mm-hmm. and he was going to look stupid. And they kept the bullshit meter down. Yeah, It was like, they kept it like right where it had to be and they didn't go past it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was so well handled. And the thing that's the, Best thing about that movie is he played the character, he owned it, but the two villains, they were two sides of the coin. Like, it was great to see how Black Manta was created. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was, it was so well done. You understood Black Manta. And then you have the brother. Mm-hmm. So it's like the two villains were done so well. And it was like, finally, you get a movie where you understand both villains, both make sense. And Black Panther is like total badass. Oh yeah! And it, it it's like the next movie should be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like like it was just it was it was like a good like everything about it. And and 
Mero. Well, yeah. Mero's nice. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Well, John Aponic said they introduced a drum playing octopus. I got to Google this drum playing <laughs> octopus because, like, I, I think, like, every time I bring up Aquaman, somebody brings up the drum playing octopus. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a brief, like, five second shot but it was just like because like like i mentioned like there was like a it was right before like this big uh, uh arena battle scene between aquaman and his brother king orm and you, in the background you just hear like this tr- this thrumming jumpy like boom 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 boom, 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 and then all of a sudden it cuts to the octopus i'm like oh that's that's where it's coming from <laughs> I'm like, and um you mentioned cyborg cyborg you actually heard right what ray fisher dropped out oh oh darn don't lie. Why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is actually something I heard um, on the Party Nerds podcast I was listening to before I came here. Um, I don't know. DC, is just, DC Warner Brothers is just a, it, it's just a mess. Well, they are they are course correcting now, where they're actually focusing on um, standalone films right. that have like they that that acknowledge a shared universe, but they're not working towards like a big blow off. So I take it you didn't hear about the CEO of Wonder Bro- Warner Brothers. Oh yeah, I heard that he was ousted. Yeah, yeah, ousted. Oh. Scandals. Yep. Yeah. Oh well, we everywhere you look, scandals, mm-hmm. scandals. You need a rub and tug. Robert Kraft can help you with that. <laughs> I don't need Robert. T- I don't need Robert oh, T- Kraft to give yeah. me a rub and tug. No, no, no. He can tell you we can get one. Uh, so. Oh, and then him. Oh, I know. That's oh, what I'm saying. Oh, you just say you admit it. We'll drop the charges. Real. It's freaking Robert Kraft. Jesus Christ, those Patriots fans. Patriots fans make me sick. Anyway. Uh, just wanted to put that out there. I'm with you 100. percent you a Pittsburgh fan? <laughs> Not in football, but in, but. Wait, I, who I, is your football team? I don't think I've never asked that. I, like, uh, I'm, I'm football. I like a few teams. I'm not really a. The Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Chiefs. I those are the teams I enjoy watching. But I come from a time when you couldn't even watch the Patriots on TV because they suck so bad and nobody liked them. Nobody went to the games. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they, you know, Parcells comes to town and everyone's a Patriot fan, a lifelong Patriot fan. <laughs> right, sure. At least, you know, Cowboy fans, uh, Cowboy fans are consistent, but I think the best football fans are the Cleveland Brown fans. God love them. I'm yeah. glad they finally got their they're team. Getting, they're, <laughs> getting tool, they're getting tools. Well, like they're those at- perfect seasons... They're actually paying off. Yeah. Wow. So, but let's get back to, yeah. I guess, the normal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, Kyle Chapman says the Bills. Buffalo think, Bills. I, mean, I thought that was a Bills. He was trying. Oh, he was trying to guess if you oh. were a Bill. A few. Oh Bills no. Fan. No. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, Bills. Yep. So we're gonna move on towards uh, our main topic, which is which is talking about the Disney Fox uh, merger. Oh, you didn't want to get into the trailers? Um, but, Studios. Oh yeah, I forgot about tra- about the trailers. Like Sorry guys. Where the trailers that came out? Yes. Before that, before that, uh, we got some trailer talk uh, coming out. Carl, what you got? Okay, I'm a br- I can I can breeze through these because I know we got a lot to say about like these um, uh, two big. Ha- Two big uh, headlines that happened this week. Yeah. Uh, Pet Cemetery trailer. Did you see it? Did you see it? Um, yes, I saw a commercial. Counts. Meh. I, I've seen. You know, I was on the fence. I saw it in the theater. I saw it on TV, and I'm like, because you know, I have a son, and you know, you know Trevor. Yeah. So he's a big nerd like us, and and he's like, Dad, I he knows all the movies when they're coming out, and he's like, you know, 14 days to this movie. So, um. 
Pet Cemetery I saw it and I'm like thinking back and forth, back and forth. Do I want to see it? Do I and I'm like and then f- I saw the last trailer when they're walking in the woods and they got the little mask on mm-hmm. and I'm like, "You know what? Yeah, we're going to go see that. I'm going to go see it." It it it, it the, the first one needs uh kind of like it needs to be done. So yeah. if if they do it well, fingers crossed. I'm I'm you know, after seeing the first it, mm-hmm. it seems like maybe, you know, it's I know it's different directing and stuff like that, but I'm hoping that it's going to do justice to it. Yeah. So we'll see. You think they'll ever make a Children of Corn film again? A remake? Yeah. They probably would at some point. Yeah, they're remaking everything else. Yeah. Speaking of remakes, Hellboy, their latest trailer. Hellboy. Uh, I think I, I've seen the trailer. I've seen the commercials. Visually, it doesn't look like anything to write home about. Like the Guillermo del Toro films had a lot of personality. This one just feels like it doesn't have that like that visual uh, cinema that cinematography that really pops. pops yeah. Just um, didn't. Yeah. I just said, eh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll say David Harbour, he might do a, a great job. Although, like, I'll say that comparing David Harbour, th- just look wise, Ron Perlman looked way better as Hellboy. Yeah. David he Harbour, looked like Hellboy from the comics. Yeah. David Harbour just looks, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like, he's trying to look like it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. If, so let me ask you this, Vic. Mm-hmm. Is that fifth agreement on high? Yes. <laughs> okay. Be, be skeptical, but listen. listen. <laughs> yeah. I, I look at it and I say to myself, it's rated R. So that's a win. Now okay, if it's if it's right. rated R just because we're gonna put in some swears and, and excessive violence, then it's a loss. If it's rated R because of the story, mm-hmm. then it's a win. If it's rated R the way Mignola writes it or you you know intends it to be, it's a win. Yeah. So okay. we'll 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 see. Okay. And uh, this actually just released this morning. Stranger Things 3. Yeah. um, I'm excited. Yeah. uh, The time jump jump got got me, and I think shit's going to get real. Yeah. I think, um, and I think the the Duffer brothers, they have, um, they have, they planned a total of four, five seasons? Yeah, four seasons. Four seasons? Okay. Four seasons, and it's an end. Nice. Perfect. Beginning, middle, and end. Because Paul Will, he can't be fighting off these demogorgons all his life. Yeah, it's true. Um, and, and Jimmy, you said it before you're not a Netflix watcher. No, I, you know, I, I had it for a year. I watched it for a year. came free with my cable package. I didn't catch Stranger Things. My daughter loves it. Mm-hmm. Loves it, loves it, loves it. So uh, that, that's, you know, something she really enjoys. My son and I never got into it. Um, but I've, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about it. Yeah. It, it seems to be like a real... Um, I think you would enjoy it. So. Yeah, it's an excellent series. If you're a fan of like horror, sci-fi, and like a bunch of '80s references done well, yeah, not... you're a child of the '80s. Oh, I am. So yeah, yeah there you go. Yeah, I, I speaking of Netflix, just sidebar, but the Lost in Space, awesome, mm-hmm. loved it. I actually, you're not okay. the first person I've heard say that. I was like, I it took us a while to watch, it, and I was always like putting it off and putting it off. And one day, Trevor and I started watching it, and I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it's it's definitely. Well written, well, better well than done. the movie that came out what, a few years ago. Yes, and it's not as good as this. Well, it is as good as this. I got this the, the whole collection twenty bucks at Walmart. Nice. I was like, you you can find some deals at Walmart. Yeah. I was like, I mean, this is like the. I mean, 
unbelievable. I was like, $20 for the whole... I was like, I had to go to the scanner to check to make sure it was actually right, the mm-hmm. price. And I was like, ooh. So. I'll take a picture of that and just, just yeah. bring it to the crowd. All right. But next story. This is maybe... This one's probably more for you. The Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4? I thought that was a sweet trailer. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm interested in seeing... I'm, interested, I'm more interested in seeing the transition from like, okay... They were once Andy's toys. Mm-hmm. The Andy dropped them off at the daycare, correct? Yep. And because I actually never seen like two and three, but I watched Toy Story one over and over and over again. I I, I can beat you on the Toy Story one story. I can. Well, my I watched it with my client who is autistic, so he was he has like routine. Yep. That was his movie. That was his movie. His routine movie. I watched it every day. My daughter was sick. One time she was young, and we watched. I went to her house to take, went to her house to take care of her. Right, so she's like, "Daddy, I want to watch Toy Story." So Toy Story ended. Daddy, can we watch it again? We watched it again. Daddy, can we watch it again? We watched it five times in a row that day. So I went home, get a call from her mother. She's still sick. Can you? I was on vacation, so I'm like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll watch her." Go over, so I bring some movies to watch. She's like, "Daddy, I want to watch Toy Story." So we watched Toy Story another five times, in a row. Wow. So then I go home. Next day, she's still sick. I go over. So I bring more movies, and I don't even take them out of the bag. I go, let me guess. She's like, can we watch Toy Story, Daddy? And again, five. so 15 times in three days. Wow. So for this year, for Father's Day and my birthday, um, we're going to see Toy Story. <laughs> I've seen them all with her, and it's, it's, um, you gotta. It's, a special, it's a special story. It's like, mm. you know, it, it doesn't have the meaning to me it has to, like, Younger people, because they like they grew up with this. This is like their, like for me, it would be like super friends of the banana splits. Yeah, this is theirs, and and it's it's uh, and I told my daughter a very embarrassing story about Toy Story with her, and she was like, I never knew that story. I'm like, well, honey, it's because you're a girl. I'm not going to tell you this story. You know, it's kind of, <laughs> but um, we we'll leave that off the air. But it was one of those funny things. But it, it's it's a lot of special moments. So yeah, yeah, I, I you, get had it. That, you had that connection to us. I mean, I, uh, why not? I'll go <laughs> see that. Then another one that dropped. Oh, I want to say about two, three days ago. John Wick Chapter Three Parabellum. Oh, I am there. For my notes, I said it's a pretty big cast too. I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive. And it could possibly turn Vic into a popcorn munching dick beating vulva rough mouth breathing. <laughs> you say the rest. Oh my gosh. Um I, I I absolutely love the first two John Wick films. They're like uh just impeccable action movies, uh just well done choreography, just like headshots aplenty. Um cinematography is gorgeous. Uh, just well staged. Keanu Reeves still badass. Um, I'm expecting. I'm expecting a solid, monumental conclusion with part three here. Oh, so it's only a trilogy. It's only so, supposed to be a trilogy. Uh, yeah, I think that's the intention because okay. where the where the story's headed. So, uh, so I have two questions for you. One, yeah. are you a Matrix fan? Uh, the first film. Okay. Yes. And two, you know, there's a comic for John Wick. Yes. Yeah, okay. I have the number one issue. All right, I just you know, just checking. Yeah. So um, and and the John Wick the the uni- the self-contained universe it creates is really fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So I'm there May. I think May seventeenth. I think. Oh, I forgot the date. Yeah. But whatever whatever date I'm there, and I'm getting the steel book when it comes out. You got the first two steel books, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Vic in his fanciest package. That's right, man. <laughs> and then uh, finally, I feel like there's still more trailers that came out this week, but. Avengers Endgame. 
Endgame, you know. I loved it. I thought it was better than the first one that they showed. You know, uh, uh, I, I, I got to say, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how this uh, phase the, of, the, of the MCU. It's actually called the Infinity Saga. Yep, how the Infinity Saga, awesome, will we'll actually conclude. Um, I think, I, 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 will, I will say, I think after Endgame, like when you have Thanos wiping out half the universe, I think um, Marvel shouldn't. They shouldn't touch another universe spanning, like put the whole universe in jeopardy storyline again. Like, do something a little more self contained because, I think like, it's gonna be because you, you can't go, you can't get bigger than Thanos wiping out half the universe. In my they're supposed, I heard they're supposed to go cosmic, like a lot of like, like the Captain Marvel, like the Nova Corps, like they're going in outer space. Yeah, I heard that's more so. I, there's your universe spanning. You're gonna do well, that with what we're gonna be talking about. There's gonna be so. So much going on. I mean, and there's different ways that they can do it, that, that um they can bring it in. Um, I don't know. Should I save it for the main? Yeah, I'll save that part for the main uh, topic of the show. But one thing I loved about the Infinity War, the Infinity War trailer is like they didn't give away so much. Yeah. Whereas like the um the BVS is like they pretty much just gave it away, gave away the whole movie in their trailers. Oh yeah. With They're that. gonna fight. Then Doomsday's gonna come in. Yeah. Oh my God! BVS was an embarrassment. Jesus. Yeah. It's got a cult following, you know. It does. <laughs> does it really? Yes, it does. Jesus, um, getting getting back to Endgame. Um, they're picking on me because I'm a DC guy. Um, getting back to to Endgame. Um, if you notice in the trailer, uh, someone's absent. Hulk. No. Well, yeah, that's that's obvious. But- this could be his redeeming. This, yeah, yeah. this could be his redemption. They're, they're it try- has to be. At least. They're trying to make him smarter. I think is what they said. So like like Gray Hulk, maybe I don't know. But um, Thanos, he's, yeah, a, he's which not- which makes sense. Which makes absolute sense because if it's the heroes trying to do it, what's he going to be like? He's sitting on his porch, yeah. chilling. Yeah. Which I still say, I still feel the ending of Infinity War, with him sitting there smiling, is really the end of the movie. Like the end of Endgame, I think that's that's like a flash ahead. I I, I have that mm-hmm. feeling that it's him sitting there satisfied with the way things ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Carl, um, just as a quick thing was, I was kind of like the more I see, I'm you know I'm watching the Infinity War to get ready for Endgame, and that snap where you see all the characters turn to dust and die. I'm like, well, I wish. Because Marvel ruined it for me. Because Marvel said, well, we've got a Spider-Man 2 movie. we got a Black Panther 2 movie. That's where they messed up. And that, to me, I'm like, don't show me who dies. Snap and go dark. And then all of a sudden, just have him sitting there smiling. And maybe one hero sitting there going like, oh, like Captain America. Because you, you know there's no Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. But, but because you snapped and you wiped out Scarlet Witch and, and Black Panther and Spider-Man, and it's like, they're getting their movies. Yeah. And they announced it. So so to me it's like so anticlimactic now because I know they're coming back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I and I and I agree with you. I agree with you in that aspect. Like what what um, Marvel should have done was not announce nothing. Like they did they they were on to something when they when they had like movies lined up and then they just said, "Nope, we're scrapping them." And we're not gonna say, and they didn't say nothing for a while. Unknown movie. Unknown movies. We didn't know what was gonna happen. We didn't know. They should have kept it as that. And then, like, once Endgame 
dropped. Then, like, you know, we all see the climax. Boom, just bombard us with trailers. Right. That's what they should have done. Yeah. Because, like I said, it, it just... It so kinda, now we, we know Spider-Man lives. Yeah, it mm-hmm. kind of takes away from... You know, it's this, this heart-wrenching scene where Tony is like, oh, poor Peter... Um, I failed like he's and it's such a supposed to be this touching thing and I'm sitting there saying oh I don't care he's coming back he's not dead but and I know I know people don't die but this was like crazy like obvious because there's a movie Mm -hmm. and you can't tell me well it's gonna be before this you're gonna make all your movies before this event people are gonna get sick of hearing that yeah yeah well that's not even gonna be the case because like well they already revealed that it happens afterwards Mm-hmm. So it's just like they really left out. They they gave away a lot. At least with um. At least with Spider Man, because Spider Man, because they showed you know we got a trailer. We already got a good chunk. Uh, Eddie just said something. Yeah, uh, Eddie said. Uh, Eddie Rodog says uh, he understands your point about keeping the releases uh, on the hush before they finish the Thanos saga, uh, because really they only need to announce movies like three months before they drop, and the hype will be there. It's true. Yeah. It, it, it's true. So, I mean, that's what... Okay, it's like... Okay, Marvel usually doesn't let us down. Like, we... Sure, they have, the, they have their hits and misses, mm-hmm. but they do have more hits. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we have enough... We, as fans, have enough trust in them. Mm-hmm. So, where they can just... They can drop... They can literally drop and fit Endgame tomorrow. Or any of their movies, we will flock to see it. Yeah. We as comic book fans, the new comic book fans that have been created, we will flock to go see it. So it's like they didn't they didn't even have to. I don't see Endgame didn't even need a trailer. It really didn't. You just like show the we logo. We knew we was coming back. <laughs> yeah. Last year. Mm-hmm. All they had to do was just set a date. Just to even just put a poster. Just yeah. a poster. Even if the trailer is just Yeah, but the poster's not even good enough. People are complaining about the poster. Everybody's gonna complain. Yeah. Everybody's gonna complain about side. Honestly, if the trailer, if the trailer, literally was just that, just Thanos is still you know sitting there, mm-hmm. and he just takes a deep breath, sitting on his, his porch, li- smoking, sitting in his porch, smoking a corn pipe, living his <laughs> life like it's golden, and we're just gonna be like, mm. oh, he needs to get his. I'm I, still here. Yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. <laughs> And and I also read an interesting uh, an interesting theory uh, slash possibility that when Thanos uh, uh, made the snap, um, that maybe maybe that the people who faded away didn't die, but maybe that they were shifted to an alternate dimension where, from their perspective, it looked like the other heroes died or got or got you know dusted. That is a possibility. So, so perhaps maybe that can justify yeah, like soul stone. People are talking about yeah, people they were trapped uh, in the souls in the time stone or the soul stone. Like yep. there's. There is a lot, and which was one good thing about this trailer because we st- we still have unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. There's still par- the- um, theories like popping up. Every time I open up Google, it's literally a new a new theory. Yeah, and I'm just like I refuse. I actually refuse to look at theories. Yeah, like I gotta. I like being able to like talk about them on here, talk about them amongst my friends, and just kind of and just think of my own theories as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, some exciting stuff coming down in the next uh, next few months, actually. Yep. Go ahead. Bill and Ted's gonna be a thing. 
Yep. Next Bill year. and Ted 3 is going to be a thing. Yes, it is. Next year, spring 2020. Oh, man. Cool, he, dude. <laughs> He-Man's going to be a thing. Yes. He-Man. Masters of the Universe. What's remember, going on? <laughs> remember the 80s? Anyway. Uh, yes. Um, anything else on your end? If we want to get into James Gunn and then the Disney acquisition. Uh, yeah, let's talk about James Gunn real quick. Because I, 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 every time, every time I, I want to get to the the Disney Fox merger, I feel like we're, I feel like I'm baiting people unintentionally. Because there's always one more thing we got to talk about. Right. One more thing we got to talk about. One more thing we got to talk about. Let's talk about James Gunn. What do you think about it? You think they did the right thing Absol- by bringing him back? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, uh, Dis- Disney, Disney, uh, letting. I, th- I think it. W- I think it was a calculated business move. Like uh, Disney, Disney would let go of James Gunn, so it wouldn't jeopardize their merger uh, with with Fox. And then mm-hmm. once the deal closes, then. Coincidentally, they they reannounce. Oh, by the way, James Gunn, we rehired him back, and since he's doing a Suicide Squad two, so he will, so he won't, you know, make, so he will actually make a good Suicide Squad movie for once, maybe, because <laughs> there's been so many. There's been one. Yeah, one which was Jesus Christ, Bad. but <laughs> but they're, they're they're rebooting the whole thing too. They're getting rid of all the characters and they're really no. I thought they were actually continuing. It's just they no. repla- they're replacing uh Will. They're replacing uh, Idris Elbow. Half the cat. The only one that's coming back is uh, Harley. Oh, Everyone yeah. else is going to be different. Somebody's oh yeah, got, somebody's right. got to sell the movie. That's yeah, right. but they Idris, had like Idris Elba. I a, liked it. I didn't think it was that bad. It was some pretty cool scenes in it. It was it was a fun. It was a movie in the right direction for DC mm-hmm. compared to some of the stuff they'd put out. I couldn't rock with it. I'm sorry. So, hey, those were hot topic Avengers. <laughs> but see, now that's how I felt about Guardians. I thought the Guardians sucked one and two. <laughs> Well, Guardians yeah, were so spaces. Guardian Two was was like to me the the end all worst Marvel movie. Like people hate Thor Two and Iron Man Three's up there too. Iron Man Three's another bomb. Mm-hmm. Marvel movies, it's Marvel movies are a lot like music. Mm-hmm. You have your genre you like, and then there's your genre that you know you don't mind, yeah. and then there's the genre you can't stand. And for me, it's like the Guardians. I can't. They got no place for me. Yeah. And then Iron Man. I I love Iron Man in the Avengers. I think he's fantastic. His solo movies blow because you know what? Give him a villain. Mm-hmm. Give him a villain like you screwed Mandarin. It's like there was really like nobody worthy. And by screwing Mandarin and an Iron Man three, you screwed him against you know Doctor Strange. It's like this was this perfect villain, and you screwed the pooch on it. But then, like Marvel, like Captain America, I love the Captain America movies. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that Iron Man is actually a better supporting character than a main character. Well, a main character with an ensemble cast. Yeah, I mean, I, I would I would agree with that to a point. I mean, I I still I still enjoy the first Iron Man film, which oh, is the yeah, only one great. worth watching. Yeah. Um. Uh. Two. Two was just was a slipshod, and three. It was a whiplash. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Two was just to compromise too much by uh by Marvel Studios. Yeah. Yeah. I will say this though with J- with James Gunn with that with Disney bringing James Gunn back is basically it's like having like. Okay. Your grandmother's your grandma's potato salad. Mm-hmm. He she already has the recipe down pat, but then it's like. 
Yes, there's the recipe. People know it. But say grandma passes along, mm-hmm. somebody else try to make it, just won't be the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like all the ingredients are there, but the flavor is missing a little something. It's, exactly. So it's just yeah. like you got to have James Gunn's. If if it's just going to be three Guardians, mm. you got to just, you got to let him finish it. Absolutely. And plus, like, they were, they were going to use his script anyway. So Yeah, so there you go. It's like yeah. you... It's like me trying to make my grandmother's potato salad, and I'm just going to get some bland written. I'm just going to give everybody some bland shit with raisins. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and also, you know, um, uh, James Gunn being rehired, it, it, it actually, um, it, actually sh- it, was, it was actually the right move, too, because it showed that all those, like, those weird uh, right, alt-right, right-wing trolls that tried to kick him off... Uh, that try to get him fired in the first place because of some dumb tweets he made over ten years ago. Like, come on, really? Yeah. Tweets, and, tweets that he made ten years ago. Yeah. That he apologized for five years later. Yeah. And then they're still trying to punish him for it. Yeah, and 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 really, and 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 the reason why he was fired was because of like those dumb alt right trolls like tried to cause that uproar. You know, they didn't like his fact. They didn't like the fact that he was he's anti Trump. They didn't like his opinions about the president. So they tried to get him fired off on those grounds. By, by resurfacing those tweets, but it was like, no, you just didn't like his politics. They were reaching. Yeah, they, they were, were reaching. They were reaching. If you got, if you, how low do you have to be where you have to go that far back to dig some dirt on some people? Dude, they yeah. do that. Like, the, the, what about the relief pitcher on the Brewers, Josh Hader? Is that his name? Uh, the guy throws serious heat. They had some kind of tweets for him when he was in high school. Coming back and biting him in the ass. High school, he's stupid then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's, it's bizarre times yeah. sometimes, you know? It's like, it's like people need to feel, some people need to feel important by, you know, d- d- dragging some dirt back then. It's like, I was a different person back then, man. And that's what he said. And he had, like I say, he apologized for it five years ago and has been mm-hmm. on the straight and arrow since. Yeah. Indeed, man. And people have done way worse stuff that they've never apologized yeah, think? for. <laughs> so, so yeah, so yeah, good on, so yeah, good on uh, Disney for actually rehiring James Gunn. And you know, at least DC gets to benefit by, you know, having James Gunn, you know, at the helm for Suicide Squad too. Um, interesting, interesting journey there. Originally, uh, it was rumored that Mel Gibson was in the running for I d- to directing part two, which would have been the oddest of choices. Uh, yeah. But yeah. you know, I wonder if we would have had a Mad Max cameo. Oh, yeah, part of the story, yeah. Mm. I don't know. Is that a DC property? No, no, it's but, but, but Mel Gibson's kind of Mad Max. I could just see him go Mad Max in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mad Max is uh, owned by Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. So. Oh, even better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so yeah um, so yeah James Gunn, good on them. And uh, before we get to our main topic, quick shout out once again to our sponsor, Studio. Headphones, high uh, quality, affordable, and fashionable headphones. It's all in one package. Yeah. All you gotta do is just go to studio.com. You get fifteen percent off your purchase by using the promo code Codex Podcast. And as always, free shipping in the USA. <laughs> all right. All you gotta do is just wear them. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why not wear they them? They feel great too. I use them DJ. I use them when I DJ all the time. Nice. Mm-hmm. Word. So yeah, uh, let's get into our main topic. This is 
the biggest event uh, this happened this week. Uh, Disney has closed its $71.3 billion Fox deal as of yesterday, March 19th. So now Disney owns the following assets. They own 20th Century Fox, the film division, Fox Television Studios, FX Networks, the National Geographic Channel. Uh, Their Hulu share increased from 30% to 60%. So now Disney owns 60% of Hulu. So they bought out Fox's 30% stake. And uh, as well as international TV assets, Star India TV and the Sky Network in the UK. Now, Fox, meanwhile, keeps the following assets. Fox gets to keep the broadcast channel, Fox News, Fox Sports 1 and 2, and Fox Business. I was actually questioning that because I'm like, okay, now we got SmackDown going to Fox Yeah. this October. I'm like, how would that affect it? But I always thought I thought that Fox, you know, Fox Sports 1 would be included in that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, F- uh, Fox Sports that's not part of the uh, the deal. So Disney, said, so Disney doesn't own that. They said, "Fuck that shit. We do not <laughs> want none of that." Jazz. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 Fox actually beat Comcast to acquire Fox in a bidding war. And so now, if you look at Hulu, uh, Disney owns sixty percent. Uh, Comcast owns thirty percent, and AT and T Time Warner owns ten percent of Hulu. Um, Disney has promised $2 billion in cost savings from the Fox takeover, which also means, unfortunately, uh, uh, 4,000 to 10,000 layoffs, which are coming down the pike. Um, Also, in order to avoid antitrust violations, and this is a big concern for me still, uh, Disney is is selling Fox's 22 regional sports channels as part of the deal, uh, as required by the U.S. Justice Department. Uh, Disney also agreed to sell half of the A&E channels in Europe and Fox Sports Network in Brazil. So that way they can stay in the pocket of those antitrust laws. Uh, Yeah, man, Disney buying Fox... What are what are your thoughts on on this, on this, this this purchase, mo- per, this monstrosity, this colossus? <laughs> yeah, what what y'all thinking? The People's Republic of Disney is coming. <laughs> Disney's got to take over the world. It, man. They are. I I think we're getting close to that dystopia, man. It's like uh, it's like the United States of Costco, basically. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think, uh, Jamie. It looks like you have some. You're you're chomping at the bit. I I, I don't. I just, uh, you know, again, there's an age difference between us, and um, I've grown and with with my younger friends listening to them talk about Star Wars and how much they love Star Wars and how excited they were. Disney bought Star Wars, mm-hmm. and then Star Wars came out. And everyone was like scratching their asses, like, "Oh my god, that was terrible!" Like the the movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and I sit here and I think about all these franchises Disney has just purchased. Yeah. And it's frightening what they're gonna do to these because they've done it. Like they 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 I, you know, we are gonna get force fed what Disney wants us to think, and like we are getting like 1984 between our government and now disney is going to be the other end it's going to be two ends they're going to be force feeding us what we see what we think what we like Mm -hmm. 
instead of letting things organically happen, I want a movie that organically happens. I don't want to be force-fed something. I don't want your agenda. I don't care about your agenda. Just give me a movie that let it speak for itself. Mm-hmm. If it's got an agenda, let it speak for itself. Don't, and I'm, I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. I mean, this is like, what they have is like insane. I think yeah. some of the properties they have, like I think Hellraiser mm-hmm. is under their belt now. What is Disney going to do with Hellraiser? <laughs> I actually like, did Like, that is hear, freaking scary. Yeah, I actually mm. did hear, like, Fox still will remain, quote-unquote, its own thing. Mm. And hopefully I'm thinking that, like, Fox could be the rated R division of Disney. But then I did learn today, Disney's not going to touch Deadpool. They're going to reboot everything else. Mm-hmm. Deadpool stays the same. Yep, I read about that too. Um, so yeah, under under Fox, um, they've acquired uh, uh, X Men, uh, yeah. Deadpool, and Fantastic Four. Right. So the film rights go to the MCU. Deadpool is going to remain the same as you said. Uh, they also own uh, the original Star Wars trilogy, uh, Lucasfilm, Pixar, Marvel Studios. They also own uh, James Cameron's catalog, Avatar, uh, True Lies, The Abyss, uh, Titanic. Planet of the Apes. Yeah, um, the originals or the oh both the, both the reboots too. Yep, they that's all under all under Disney now. Uh, it's 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 yeah. It, I mean, I mean, Fox Disney has a huge chunk of film and television history, yeah. and it, it it unsettles me. It unsettles me for many reasons because uh, because now you have you have a case where. You have a case where um, you have this one company, Disney, which basically controls, I guess, forty percent of, of of the theatrical box office, and the fact that they have the of twentieth century Fox's classic catalog like Alien, um, Predator, Predator, both Alien versus Predator, um, yeah, both Disney, both Disney properties. That's right, clutch to clutch on it, clutch to it, clutch right. on it tight. Um, um, yes, yes, John Hapotic Medea is not owned by Disney. <laughs> not, yet. not yet. Not yet, though. Not yet. Give it a week. Yeah. Um, That's all the kind of- But, but what, what, what really concerns me is that with Disney owning such a huge chunk of film and TV history under its catalog, I think it's going to be a case where either Disney's going to apply their, their, their crummy vault system with their releases. Cause you know how like with Disney animated films, oh, like yeah. how some films like say Aladdin would be released for like a short window and then it goes back in the vault because it goes out of print and you can't buy any new copies until like, until they decide to re-release it again. It's like every 10 years or something like that. Something yeah, like, like that, Every yeah. 10 years, like with Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin. What if they do the same thing with Alien? This year's Alien, this year is the 40th anniversary of the first film. What if they, what if Alien goes back in the vault? Yeah, it came out 79. Oh, were you going to say something, Jim? Yeah, it's it's well, like with the the movies, you kind of I kind of get it because of the kids, mm-hmm. like they're growing. You want the next wave of kids, but as adults, screw that. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to wait. Like you know what I mean for new editions and stuff like that. Don't like the like the aliens. Just put it out. You know it's it's yeah. Like I said, it's it's their own agenda and and the whole Star Wars thing. It's like a like watching people that were so excited. I mean, Star Wars. When it came out, you guys are too young. I keep saying that, and I feel like I'm making myself older. But when Star Wars came out, it was new. It was something you had never seen. Mm -hmm. And it was 
cheesy little sneakers in outer space. It was all anything Lucas could do. And now I look at a Star Wars movie and people are like, it sucks, the story sucks, this, this, and this. You know what it is? It, it's, it looks like Star Trek The Next Generation. It looks like Battlestar Galactica. It looks like Babylon 5. They all look the same. Mm. There's no more creativity. There's nothing that's going to inspire you mm. to, to, like, to separate it from everything else. Right. Yeah. And, and Disney molded Star Wars into its Disney story arc, like what Disney does. And now Disney's going to do that with so many other things. And it's, it's sad. Like I said, it's going to be, we're going to get Disney's vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but we, um, yeah. Although I, I will say that I do like uh, I do like the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Okay. I thought I thought I thought well, especially with the Last Jedi, I thought they did something really fresh. Um, I will say to your to, uh, to your point, I do see the Disney Disney Disneyification with like other with the spinoff films like Rogue One and Solo, both films that weren't really needed. Like you can watch them once and then you instantly forget them like yep. five minutes yeah. later. You know, Rogue what? One was enjoyable. Let me tell you, it was. I, I agree on that. And Solo, I watched Solo and I, and I liked it. I I mean this the the cameo I was like oh this is awesome and I was I was excited, and then I went to watch it months later, six minutes in I was like oh shit I can't do this yeah. it was just so you are one hundred percent right I agree with you it's like yeah. you see it one and done yeah yep yeah he you pretty much is echoed by his sentiments when I'm saying Rogue One was actually good but and you and um you were saying. Uh, but with Disney, you know, making these purchases, now I'm trying to look at everything pro, I'm look, trying to weigh in on pros and cons. Mm. We did get good products as far as, you know, Force Awakens. You mm. posted a picture of you pretty much praising the Lord about it. Yep, I did. You cried in The Last Jedi. I did. I mean, you cried? Yeah, the part, where, the part where the part where Luke uh, uh, meets, meets Leia. He reunites with her and gives her um, Han Solo's dice, and he says, uh, "Nobody's ever really gone." And, yeah, uh, that kind of hit me because you know uh, Carrie Fisher passed, so that kind of took on a brand new meaning there. Yeah. But you know, I'm just saying, and then you know, on the Marvel side, we're get, we're gonna get things that we honestly want. Like we're actually gonna get the Fantastic Four done right. You know, you can actually bring the M- the Fantastic Four into the MCU because I like, think about it, uh, Avengers Tower. Empty. Mm-hmm. All they got to do now is just slap a four on it, and there you go. The Baxter building. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's ways that you can do it. We we can get some good things out of this. Well, the, the, mm-hmm. the good thing, and I agree, the good thing is Disney's going to slap money onto things. Yeah. I mean, Disney doesn't do things crappy, but they... Like I keep saying, it goes back to they have their own agenda, and they're gonna give. We're gonna get what they want us to have, mm-hmm. and they, they have like a a formula, and yes. and they won't deviate from the formula. So we're gonna kind of get that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know, there Disney is like the equivalent of being politically correct on everything, and it makes me want to vomit because I can't stand politically correct. Um, it, you know, it, it's just you know, whatever. Um, but at Disney, just the money will be there, which is good because you are going to get good things. The Fantastic Four, that was the first comic I ever read. I love the Fantastic Four. 
Um, so I, I do look forward to them doing it right. Um, the Jessica Alba, the first one, that, that, that group of Fantastic Four people, it was enjoyable for yeah. what for what it was. And for its time. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, as time goes on. Yeah, these things you know, aren't rewatchable. But you, you know what? You know what? One of the funniest things is I would love to see Disney do a, a Ghost Rider movie. I think not Nicolas Cage, but the Ghost Rider itself. They did. Yeah. Was brilliant. I thought he looked fantastic on the motorcycle when it was flaming. That looked great. The story was shaky. And Nicolas Cage, I, I would have found someone considerably better. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost Rider's would... in the he's in the MCU. Yeah, he's in um, Agents of Shield. Oh, yeah, yeah. TV shows. Yeah, okay, part of it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, I I will say like with um just just creatively, if you look at um like people like you have fans that are excited at oh we're gonna get X Men, Fantastic Four, Deadpool in the MCU. I think from a creative standpoint, like how how exciting is it really? Because if you look at all of the MCU films, um, my one of my biggest criticisms is that all of them have the same dull, flat cinematic look. It has like um like you know the flat lighting, the gray neutral color uh, color grading that's more fit for television than film, and no real like unique camera movement no real cinematography it's just like oh just point the camera shoot and you know whatever happens happens like like say what you will about the dceu and like other dc uh properties but at least they all have a visually distinct look to them like the christopher nolan films don't look anything like the Bert, like the tim burton batman films or like uh wonder woman and aquaman they look colorful they pop they they burn into your brain like with the mcu films they, they all have the same sheen of just workmanlike products just churning them out churning them out there's no real McDonald's movies. Ex- exactly, like McDonald's movies. So and, and 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 even Black Panther, a film which I love, like it has like outstanding like production design, the costumes, but still like c- cinematically has the same kind of dull sheen as like other MCU films. And so like to see X-Men and Fantastic Four receive that same sheen and that same predictability, it's like how exciting is it really in the long run when you know MCU's formula? All right, so so I want to talk about the X Men for a second. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and you're you're, I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with my son about the X Men movies, and how you know he's excited they're coming to DC Disney. You know the families being brought together, which is kind of cool. You know, mm-hmm. but I think of anything that's going to come out of this as a loser, it's going to be the X Men. I'm sorry, X Men fans. Um, I feel like this because Hugh Jackman's been Wolverine for. Ever. Patrick Stewart is associated like yeah. these characters probably aren't going to be in the movies. Yeah. And it's going to be kind of like it's not like where we've had a revolving door at Batman, a revolving door at Superman, you know, where these heroes have changed. Mm-hmm. It's like he, revolving door at Fantastic Four. These guys are like synonymous. Ian McKellen is as Magneto. Is Magneto yeah. And yeah. even now the the next generation of, you know, the the new X-Men movies, those people uh, James, uh, Mac- James McAvoy and, yeah. and Michael uh, Fassbender. Yeah. Yep. Now these guys aren't going to be... So now it's like all of a sudden they're gone and you're going to have someone new being Wolverine and people are... Like that's going to be a real hard sell it's for... A hard transi- yeah, a hard transition. For the X-Men. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a real challenge. Like that might be something they might want to 
put off for years. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, they're focus not on the other things yeah. first and let people kind of forget. Do you have? You would have to do that. Yeah. You literally. Not to mention, X Men is going to take a lot. Yeah. If they're going to do, if they're going to do X Men right, it's going to take a lot. It is. So like honestly, if they're going to do anything, you bang out the Fantastic Four first. Mm-hmm. Like I will say, like at least we'll 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 very likely get a good Fantastic Four movie oh for God. once. Like before, like all we have are, are the the Roger Corman film, uh, we, the 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 two. Uh, ones that came out in the in the mid two thousands, we and we had the Fox's fourth attempt, third or third attempt rather. Which oh ugh. no, we need to keep this. The we two, need to keep this. The two that came out, the Jessica Alba ones. I just yeah. call them. It's easier. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed them, but the thing was they they got lost with um, it, it was like a really screwy situation because Marvel had just started doing um, the the their Ultimate Universe. Yeah. And that's when Nick Fury um, went from being an old white battle guy to Sam Samuel Jackson, from David mm-hmm. Hasselhoff to Sam Jackson. Yes. Yep. So, so you you have that, and and they're shifting that way. So in the in the Marvel movie, like the Fantastic Four movies, it was like they they really weren't part of the Marvel universe, correct? But they were using the Marvel universe, Galactus, because mm-hmm. that's you know, and. So it was like they were lost. They were between two worlds, and there was no cohesion, so to speak. Yeah. And I think that really hurt the whole premise of it because people were like, "What the hell is that swarm? Like, that's gonna like, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know, old timers. You know, comic fans. Galactus is this Earth devourer, not mm-hmm. some cloud of dust. And if you're not reading the Ultimate Universe, you don't know." That's what it was, but they were shooting for a younger generation to get them in, mm-hmm. and it kind of backfired. Yeah, yeah, and and that really hurt that whole franchise. Yeah, yeah. and then that last one was just you couldn't give that I one away still, for free. I, I always say, and I still I've been saying this for probably like the past two two years that I'm just gonna have a bad movie day mm-hmm. and just like sit home watch the prequel, start watch the Star Wars prequel, Ugh. that Fantastic Four movie, and. Probably the cell with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> God, that's awful and boring. Just a day, just a day, and actually just sit there and try to make it. And yeah, that's just gonna be my part of it. That like that last Fantastic Four was like, oh my God, the contract is up. We might go, we got to make one more just to keep it. It was like a desperate attempt just to keep it. All right, everyone, you you heard Carl. He wants to spend a day watching bad movies. So if you're listening to this, please send him a list of your worst movie you've ever seen. And maybe he'll watch that and talk to you about it. Yeah. He's looking at me like he's you gonna know, kill I'll, me. I'll, 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 listen, listen. I've been eating fast food lasagna recently. Jesus Christ! I, I have tried the hottest extra hot sauce extract at two million Scoville units. I'm still alive. I think I can do this. Uh, you have my sympathies, man. <laughs> But uh, but I, I was also with um with uh, the with X Men being part of the MCU, um, X Men Dark Phoenix is coming out June seventh, and that's going to possibly be the last X Men film to be released under the Fox banner. No, I think they're still doing New Mutants. Oh uh, well, New Mutants it's coming out August second. It was originally scheduled for release last year, right? But it's now rumored to go straight to Disney Plus, Disney streaming service. So it might go straight there instead of the theaters. 
And you know, might as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'd rather be okay with that because, like, if it sucks, I'm like, well, at least I didn't go out yeah. and spend 13 bucks. Yeah, which is too bad because New Mutants seemed to have, like, an interesting horror R-rated vibe to it. Right. It did. Like, that first initial trailer that we got, what, a year ago? Two years ago? Uh, yeah, almost two years ago. Yeah, yeah it, like it was very intriguing, and then with Macy Williams in it from Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. like I that sucked me in. I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a good. This is gonna be it's different. It was different, mm-hmm. and now it's just like, all right, it kind it, it seems like it kind of just got lost. Yeah, over these two over these past two years with like reshoots, switching um personnels, like. Where'd it go? And now, like, we're actually going to get some. We haven't even got, like, a second trailer of it, of, like, the updated version. No, we haven't at all. And and also, too, um, uh, going back to Deadpool real quick, you know that um that Once Upon a Deadpool, which came out over the holidays, yeah. the PG-13 version yep. of Deadpool? That was just a stealth test for Kevin Feige to see how well Deadpool would be under a PG-13 rating. Because so, that was just a test for him. Yeah, it pretty much was. Yeah. I... Yeah. So he's going to try to figure out how he can integrate Deadpool... As a PG thirteen, as to make it PG thirteen friendly, because hey, F Deadpool went into and all the money they made. Yeah, the well, the, yeah, well, as as recently released today, that they're not touching Deadpool. Yeah, so we're pretty much safe. Rob Layfield's hitting backflips. Yeah, according like onto his Instagram. What's yeah. funny because I've been actually like looking up to some of the like the um, celebrity tweets, like their reactions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Yeah, Rob Layfield was saying success. I was just about to. I was just asked about the Disney Fox deal and how it would how would it affect Deadpool at the urinal at the theater for Last Jedi. I love the passion of the fans. And um, let me see. Oh, Chris Evans. So Chris Evans tweets. Mm-hmm. So who do I talk to about a Cap Human Torch buddy comedy spinoff? I'm thinking plane, trains, automobiles meets Parent Trap. Mm-hmm. Um. Jillian Anderson from the uh, from the X Files yep. says she puts a she has a picture of her of her herself as Dana Scully. Mm-hmm. She goes, Disney meets spe- Disney meets special princess princess Dana Scully, <laughs> and she has a crown emoji on her. Um, Judd Apatow actually tweets, "Here's why I'm happy about it: the studio will no longer be owned by the Murdochs, who are toxic to our country and government and government because they are part of a propaganda arm, which has no interest in anything but making them richer. Hopefully, overall, less movies won't be made." Um, Ryan Reynolds has just been having like a blast with this whole thing. Like he tweeted out like Deadpool wearing a Mickey Mouse hat. Like the tradition, you know, with the two ears and stuff on off a school to, bus. Off saying, to Disney. Yeah, yeah off yeah. to Disney saying, hey, nice to you to meet pool. Like apostrophe pool. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Oh, and then he also goes, it shows a picture of him being carried off from a security guard saying, apparently you can't actually blow the Matterhorn. And mm. like he's been having, oh, I, uh, yeah, everybody's been... um. Yeah, they just been like having interesting fun about it. It's, in, it's clobbering time, which is which was uh, tweeted by uh, Michael Chiklis. So he goes, "Could it be clobbering time?" Disney Fantastic Four, and it shows the thing punching the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. That would be epic to see on the big screen. It would one of the best fights ever. Yeah, yeah. It, it would. Yeah, um, let's see. I'll, I also see uh, with, with this Fox merger, Disney Fox merger. I do see two. Uh, short-term benefits. Um, one, I do. Hopefully, we'll 
uh, I do will see Disney releasing the original Star Wars trilogy in their unaltered form officially because like George Lucas has been adamant about about those the original versions never seeing the light of day ever again with those abortions called the special editions in the in the 90s. Um so with Disney, now that Disney owns Fox, maybe they can release have an official release of the original Star Wars trilogy unaltered, unvarnished, remastered and you know so that way we won't have to rely on the uh, the bootlegs that we had to download online from yeah. some dedicated fans who had to stitch together the footage to to bring the 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 original versions or as close to it as as possible. I think yeah, but, I think somewhere out there my cousin has the originals. He's a big Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. I got him. Thanks yeah. to him. Yeah. But yeah. I remember you saying though. Now correct me. Now correct me as I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. But didn't George Lucas actually destroy? the originals just so he can make like the those new uh, special editions i he- i heard of that i heard that that the originals were were destroyed i don't know if that's true i hope not yeah. um because if that is and wow what a slap in the face to film history itself Be- believe believe half of what you hear and then, yeah because i mean how many times is a musician dead and then all of a sudden oh newfound music <laughs> it's Tupac. Like, newfound yeah. music 20 years later, jimmy hendrix still releasing new albums with new music and yeah. i mean he's been dead forever so so yeah so it, it's probably just one of those folklore stories but it would be yeah. a shame it would, it would be. be it would be um and also one other uh, bene- short-term benefit I see is that um, maybe we'll finally get uh, James Cameron's The Abyss and True Lies on Blu-ray because they're they've never gone on, gone on Blu-ray. Really? Nah, they're on DVD and they're letterboxed, so it's just like yeah. a tiny box on your screen. It's not even anamorphic. So, so what's your take on The Abyss? You like you an Abyss fan? I am. I think it's I think it's his most underrated film. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. You know we're gonna get like three more like special edition Titanics, <laughs> probably, yeah. And of course we're getting like four Avatar sequels, which are under. I think they're already like made. Uh, they're, they're like almost done. Yeah, he's been working on that like for the. For, like, all are, are you guys Avatar fans? I enjoyed the first one. I enjoyed the first one, but it it was like, it was groundbreaking, but it like kind of got lost in time. Yeah, I I I, enjoy, I enjoyed it my uh, as well. Uh, I do get the Dances with Wolves comparisons, but um, like visually, like you said, it was groundbreaking. But I find it so odd that the the film made two billion dollars, just the highest grossing film of all time, and it's left no pop culture footprint. None. Somewhat. <laughs> like you still see people. I mean, like for a while, you do see like cosplay. You did see like cosplayers for a while. But like I said, it felt like it just kind of got lost in time. I saw it yeah. once, and and I can't even, like I'm just I I know the guy like, uh, the dude in it was supposed to, like they was talking about linking him as either Deathstroke, the Terminator, or um, oh, Cable, was it Cable? Um, Sam Worthington. No, was it like no. Scott Lang's? Oh, um, yeah. Stephen Lang. Stephen yeah. Lang. Yeah, yeah. He like that's all I really remember about it. I I think Sigourney Weaver's in it too. I think. Yep, she is. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember anything about it because it just didn't leave. Right. And he, and I sit there and you're right. I can't like it made so much money and I'm like I have never I haven't even heard anybody be like, "Oh, I love that." Like, you know, people will be like, "I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies." Mm-hmm. You know, PS I love you, Star Wars, uh Planes Train. Like no one ever says Avatar. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's no cult <laughs> there's really no cult following. And if there is one, it's, it's very for the small. Mm. It's very small compared to like Star Wars fans or Trekkies or Harry Potter fans and all that. Like it's mm. it's Wait, a rather right. it's a rather small if there is one, it's a very small community. Yeah. That. And Victor, you said you were the smart one. He's hit it on the nail. Yeah. He has, he has his moments every now and then, his moments of lucidity. Lucidity, your mama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, another another concern I do have about this merger, too, is the fact that, like, like before, right before the merger, like as of, as of Monday, like, we had, there were only six companies, six companies that were controlling, like, 90% of our media in the U.S. So before we had uh, 20th, Century, 20th Century Fox, uh, AT&T, uh, CBS, Comcast, Disney, and Viacom. But now with Disney acquiring Fox, we now have five companies, five big companies controlling the vast majority of our media, which is pretty, which is pretty unsettling. Because to put that in perspective, and I'll put a link below um, from the Columbia Journalism Review, uh, we have CBS. They own um, the CW, Showtime, the Smithsonian Channel. Uh, Comcast, which owns NBC, the USA Network, uh, Sci-Fi Network, Universal Pictures, Bravo E, Viacom, which owns BET, MTV, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, VH1, Paramount Pictures, and AT&T, which owns Time, Warner Brothers, DC Comics, HBO, Adult Swim, Cartoon Network, and CNN. Just to name a few. How much thought CW was under the um, AT&T umbrella? Oh no, C, uh, C, CW is more of a is under CBS. Oh okay. Yeah, and so and so now you've got Disney with which controls all those companies we've mentioned like Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, ABC, uh, ESPN, uh, Fox Searchlight. Um, so and also also has a sixty percent stake in Hulu. So now technically Disney has two streaming platforms that are under its control. They they have their own Disney Plus coming out this year. And they've got most of Hulu, and they could have had a third with Netflix if the licensing deals between the two companies wasn't so expensive, which is why Netflix had to cancel all the the, the entirety of the Netflix MCU shows. Well, I think what's going to happen down the road is, is uh, a lot of these big umbrella like streaming are going to go away, and everyone's going to have their own little like Disney's going to have theirs, CBS is going to have theirs, and you're you're going to have to subscribe to like twenty different ones to get what you want. Yeah, uh, like I think, like the days, like that appointment net, television is going away. Net, Netflix mm-hmm. is going to go away because I think what's going to happen is unless they have their own line, yeah. you know, you know what I'm saying. Like I think they're all going to have their own line, and you're going to have to decide what you want to get what you need. Yeah, and plus you have, um, and and with Netflix, I don't think Netflix is going to go away per se, but they're going to have to uh, ramp up their original content and. And they have to compete with not only like the traditional legacy media, like the big five, but they have to compete with Amazon and Apple because they have their own no, streaming platforms too. Right. Yeah, yeah, so it's gonna be yeah. So it's you're gonna have to pick. Yeah. So unless you're balling, just get everything. <laughs> yeah, which yeah, it's, it's a lot of accounts being shared. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's gonna be sharing their accounts, and then they're gonna crack. It's gonna crack down on it. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a change, but at the same time, I we still don't know what is actually going to happen. We have it's it's 
all those possibilities could have they could happen from what it looks like it's probably is gonna happen at the same time you never really know that's just me being somewhat optimistic mm-hmm. yeah um like like yeah it, it, I, I agree with you to, uh, to the extent that you know we don't know exactly what's gonna happen yeah um, but I will say that like some effects will be made apparent like I mentioned earlier with the classic films might be by getting the vaults treatment or they might be restricted to like all those classic Fox films might be restricted to the Disney plus uh, uh, streaming service. And that's going to lock out a lot of people who want to explore those films, especially new generations who want to explore like classic films, like, you know, the grapes of wrath and the hustler and uh, you know, blade runner, blade runner is a Fox property. Right. So, so that's going to be a disadvantage and not to mention Disney. Like, like I was looking at the, uh, an article from the Hollywood reporter and deadline they they said that like um they said that Disney made three billion dollars domestically at, in in theaters, and Fox made one point two billion. So had Fox and Disney joined the forces last year, Disney would have made four point like four point twenty five billion dollars in the box office theatrically, which is unheard of for any other yeah. studio. And to put that in perspective, you have like WB Warner Brothers, which made only one point eight billion last year. Universal with 1.7, Sony 1.2, Paramount, Paramount only made 718 million, Lionsgate, the House of Medea, made 389 million, <laughs> uh, MGM made only 161 million. MGM, they they are yeah. the owners of the James Bond franchise. So, oh, that's coming too. Oh my, I hope <laughs> I hope not. Like I think I think in the long run, um, like. And plus, not to mention, like, Disney, like, they strong-arm a lot of theatrical chains. Like, they actually strong-armed a lot of theaters, like, saying that, oh, well, we, we're going to take 60% of the gross of The Last Jedi, we and we want you to to, to screen The Last Jedi in, in as many screens as you have in your theater for four weeks straight. And if you move or change any of the showtimes, we'll take a bigger part, bigger portion of your of, of your cut. So so they'll dip into the theater's cut, which is like what 35 percent. Yeah, they make they their their money's off of the off of the popcorn and the candy. It's not yeah. off of it's not off the movies. It's not, it's not no. off the movies. And Disney threatened that they'll take that money if if they were if they fudged around with the Last Jedi yeah. showtimes. So for Disney to to kind of strong arm theaters in that way, like can you imagine like all the films under Fox banner now? Like if Disney decides to strong arm theaters, like saying, oh well, if you manipulate Alien versus Predator. You know the PG thirteen twenty twenty edition. Then we're gonna we're gonna take your popcorn revenue. Yeah. It, yeah, it's it's gonna affect a lot of studios in the long run, and I think it's gonna really hurt the consumer uh, and us and us viewers because we're gonna get like a smaller, more narrower version of of content. It's not gonna be as much diversity as as we expect in terms of like creativity, and and in the long run, yeah, sure. In the short term, we're gonna see X Men, the Fantastic Four, and Deadpool. But would it would it would it all be worth it when when because because when you think about it like even 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 on our podcast like uh, our podcast like pop culture podcast just sitting and think about it it's a little depressing to think that most of like the big movies that we're going to talk about will be all from one company Disney right that's gonna suck yeah now I do have a question for you Vic would any yeah. of this uh, affect the uh, Criterion Collection at all. Yeah, you know that's a good point. Um, I was thinking about that because, like, you have like a boutique like Blu-ray DVD labels like Criterion, um, uh, Twilight Time, Kino Lorber that actually license get licenses for to distribute like Fox films and they remaster them under their own umbrella. 
with Fox, um, because Disney does Disney can't well Criterion doesn't master any Disney films. Um, so it might be the case where Criterion loses their licensing rights to to uh to distribute any Fox films. So that means that all of the current films on the Criterion collection that are distributed by Fox might go out of print like that. And so Criterion will lose a big chunk of their revenue. Yeah. So that's going to affect like uh, boutique labels like them and others that actually are dedicated to like remastering old classic films. And again, that's going to make it harder for newer fans and current fans to look at older films as well and even older TV shows. I never knew there were other ones. Like all I ever knew through you were yeah. Criterions. Oh yeah, like 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 for like um like there's other like smaller labels like Twilight Time, um Kino Lorber, um I think Warner Archive as well. Um but yeah, that's it's going to affect like those like Criterion and and Twilight Time as well. Turner Classic Movies that has nothing to do with this. Uh, no, okay. Twilight Turner Classic. No, that's AT&T. They said that's AT and T. Yeah, AT and T. Yeah, that's under Warner. All right. So yeah, just uh, so yeah, the, the ripple effects will be will be felt in ways that are unfortunately expected and unexpected. So yeah, um, that's that's why that's why that's why I say like when it comes to like media consolidation, man, like we're gonna get shafted in the long run. I mean. Can you imagine Dizzy saying, looking at the Predator and saying, hey, you know what? Let's put some airs on him and make him Mickey Mouse friendly. Yeah. Let's let's do another PG thirteen version of uh, AVP. We can we can get it right. We, we, we forget Requiem. We can we can do it right. It's like oh boy. I, I don't know. But uh but let us but you know, any any other final thoughts before we get to the email? I, the fifth agreement is on high for me on my end. At least. I'm, I'm very skeptical, but I'm going to listen. Okay. And Jim, any final thoughts on the... Well, I, I, I think from a movie standpoint, visually, you're gonna, they're going to put money into them. Uh, you know, that's a good thing. Nobody wants to see a crappy movie. Right. Mm-hmm. But I don't want regurgitation, the same stuff, the same... They need to be a little more creative. Like, how many Disney movies for kids are the parents dead? Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, Bambi's mother's dead. You know, Scar kills Mufasa. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, parents are always dying in these movies. It's like, oh. Um, yeah. Disney Disney has, like, its its way. And I think Disney, even though they, they bought this, maybe they need to expand their way a little mm-hmm. and bend. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about that uh, Deadpool in the, the the Deadpool before what was it called the Christmas oh, one oh once upon a Deadpool yeah. yeah you know instead of instead of doing that keep the live action R and make an animated movie like they did with Spider Man Spider Verse but make that PG mm-hmm. PG thirteen Ryan Reynolds can do the voiceover and just clean it up for for the the teenagers mm. or younger kids that's possible and that that makes it fun I mean you know it's something to think about but uh, you know. I just, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's only been, what, one day? One day, two days? Yes. This all went down. Yeah, but we all have, like I said, we have the Star Wars experience. We all saw what happened with Star Wars. And, you know, it's kind of weird going into a Disney store, Land of Mouse, and seeing Darth Vader and, 
Emperor Palpatine and Han Solo, and you know it's kind of weird. Yeah, I remember when this whole um, this whole thing first broke news, where they showed up. It was a it was actually a meme, and it has Bart Simpson wearing a Mickey Mouse hat, saying, "I'm the I'm the I'm the mascot of an evil empire." And then the meme says, "Disney now owns this joke." Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Disney. It's the Simpsons under Disney. The People's Republic of Disney is coming. Yeah, man. It, I, I, I'll, I'll say, like, that movie Idiocracy, it's, it's not just a comedy film. It's a documentary. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, we're going to be saying, welcome to Costco. I love you. Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Idiocracy? No. Oh, it's it's it, it came out in 2006, but it's still, it still it, it still applies today, unfortunately. Yeah, um, it, it's it was by Mike Judge, the creator okay. of Beefs and Butthead. But uh, but yeah, we've have a email here uh, by our uh, faithful friend of the show and supervillain John Haponic, uh, DC fanboy. Is he the guy from Houston? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, John. How are you? <laughs> I remember John from the last time I was on. Yeah. <laughs> He's a DC guy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, uh, John says a subject late to the party, fellas. Better late than never. While people need to recognize the importance of the cultural impact and admirable filmmaking Black Panther achieved, certainly the greater factor that all MCU fans must not forget is that DCEU paved the way with its first Oscar win. Shut <laughs> for the most... DCEU paved the way with its first Oscar win for the most coveted award of them all, Best Makeup and Hairstyling <laughs> for Suicide Squad. That is a fact. Suicide Squad won an Oscar for that category. 2016 was a weak year. Yes, DC opened the Oscar doors for Marvel films like Black Panther and Avengers Infinity War. Now, speaking of the latter, how exactly does Avengers lose to First Man in in visual effects? Um, Even more importantly, why did a movie like Aquaman that has an octopus playing the drums and talking shellfish not get nominated for special effects? I actually agree. (laughs) (laughs) So... Props to Black Panther for raising awareness and creating Marvel's likely first and only good villain, Killmonger. Let's face it, they'll find a way to ruin Thanos in the next movie. The greatest supervillain this podcast has ever seen, John Haponic. P.S. Suicide Squad 2 will be greater than Guardians of the Galaxy 3. P.P.S. Lastly, seeing Captain Marvel this weekend, low expectations. It's about right. And PPS Shazam. And this motherfucker leaves a freaking oh, glasses oh. emoji. I want to say one quick thing about Shazam. Yeah. If Shazam, because I'm down on Shazam. I'm a big DC guy, and I think this movie looks absolutely stupid. It was good, though. <laughs> and and I, I only say it because it, in going back to the Fantastic Four for the time, mm-hmm. it looks like he's wearing the Flash's outfit from... The TV show in the nineties. Vaguely remember that, and, and it, it's a big. Pa- it just looks so fake. Mm-hmm. It looks so. If they're making this movie to be like Marvel's Ant Man, then okay, that's perfect. 
but they're making such strides. They've had such a bad reputation for their movies, and I, I, I'm a DC guy, and I love it, love their stuff. But they've been slammed for bad movies, and they finally, you know, they, you know, they started. Justice League was a stepping stone. Wonder Woman, you know, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam could kill them if this movie bombs. It could. It it, it could could kill them, and I think they picked. Like in the comics, Shazam's a kid, yes. So he's a kid in the movie, and then, but when he's in the comic, he looks older. Mm-hmm. They took an actor who kind of looks young. Yeah. Like I don't think they casted this well at all. I mean, I'm gonna see it with my son. He wants to see it, but I just, I'm not gonna be going Shazam. Like there were two movies, Captain Marvel and Shazam. Big comic guy, no interest in either one of them. I have like zero to low expectations. Um, how are you going to take The Rock and make him Black Adam and go against this guy? It's like The Rock is all going to be all real, real muscle, and you've got this guy wearing a padded outfit with a with yeah. a with a glow in the dark Shazam. Like it just doesn't look good. Like it's an, yeah, it's like you were saying an obvious padded suit. Yes. Yeah. So so if they had if they if they're making this to be like Ant Man, and they want it to be like that, and and that's the expectation, and they don't want it to be a big hit, and they're expecting you know maybe fifty million or you know, okay, that's what you, you that's what you want. That's the goal. All right, mm-hmm. but you should want more. And and like it just it seems like they're talking about a Justice Society movie maybe done, and he's a big part of that. I can't see this going to that. Shazam, Muscle Medea. <laughs> Muscle Medea. Killer turds, or was it baby turds? Baby, baby turds. turds. <laughs> baby turds, remember. Oh, man. All right, but I'm gonna get, let's get to uh, question of the week. Uh, last week's question of the week is, you've been put in charge of creating a new Marvel movie. What would it be about? So on our Facebook, uh, our boy Nick Quattrini says... I'd either do Namor versus the Human Torch, or I'd probably make Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe into a film in two parts. Ramon Sanchez says, I skipped right into making a movie about about the Wildcats from Image. Marvel has has been overdone. Give the people other good stories. And Kyle Chapman from the UWO says, uh, Wolverine versus the Hulk. And on the, on the Instagram... Uh, P Money Six One Five says X Men. K Santo K Santos says a bunch of women kicking ass. I know they have versions of it of this, but it would be it would, but it would look more like Black Panther did, more poetic and connected to Mother Nature. Don Kelly Nine Twenty Three says the Micronauts. Oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> and Warriors. John Haponic says uh, Masters of Evil. They need a large. They need a large supervillain team, maybe led by Doctor Doom. Oh my God, Doctor Doom's coming! Yeah, how, how like a Legion of Doom movie would be great. Mm. A good villain one. Um, the Namor thing. They talk about Namor being in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Ooh, maybe they can do Defenders right, other than that oh. crap TV show. <laughs> how about doing Defenders right? You know, with Silver Surfer, the Hulk. Doctor Strange and Namor. And if you're going to put Doctor Strange with, if you're going to have Namor with uh, Doctor Strange in his movie, and we know Doctor Strange now has a connection with the Hulk, could this be a Defenders 
story start. Oh. Could that Possibly. something you heard it here first, baby? I did hear one thing though that they already chose the villain for um for the next Doctor Strange movie. Well, Namor is not a villain. He's a yeah. He's an anti-hero, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know, not a villain. But yeah. It's gonna. It's. I heard it's supposed to be nightmare. Okay. Hmm. And I am excited about Doctor Doom. Yeah. Like he he looked good in the in the Jessica Alba movies, yeah. but the actor was too small. Yeah. And they made him a little too pretty. Yeah, and his voice was just too like too, helium. Yeah. Like yeah. it just it it like I wanted an imposing voice. And I got Mickey Mouse's voice. So you wanted Morgan Freeman, but got Urkel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, James Earl well, Jones. Guy, yeah. Well, the guy we got, well, the guy who played Doctor Doom in the Jessica Alba series, he's now actually in the Runaways TV show. Okay. Mm. He's not bad. He was in Nip Tuck too. That was the yeah. other hard problem getting past yeah. that. So uh, this week we're gonna go into the realm of video games. What were you? Who do you think? What do you think was the most underrated game of the two thousands? Oh, the two thousands. It's like from two thousand to two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, most underrated game. Uh, I think about this one. I, I literally thought about this one on the way here. <laughs> I don't game, so I don't. Know. <laughs> uh, I will say uh, Okami. Okami was a pretty underrated game. Uh, it was a. PS2 game came out in 2006. Um, it was like a Japanese folklore. You played as a Amaterasu. Watch uh, the name. Amaterasu was like the white wolf, and like um, like to defeat enemies, you like actually did like calligraphy to like to like w- erase or wipe out your enemies. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it had like a watercolor uh, uh, cell shaded art style. So it was really beautiful. Very well done. Mm, I got to cap the light. Look this up because it was like there was a lot, but and... you know you're cheating. I, mean, I he, am. He had it right off the top I, I of his head. Got to go. <laughs> I literally am just kind of like scrolling and look at games that I actually like had. Um, notable releases. Crazy Taxi was fun. I would have to. See Space Invaders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the Atari 2600 generation. Oh, man. Pac-Man. Space Invaders, Centipede. Um, Galaga? Nope. Nope. I had um, I had Pac-Man. Um, but I was always like, it was you know a little bit of that, and then out playing sports with my buddies, reading. I mean, I was all over the place. Yeah. I wasn't like as intense as the gamers are now. Mm-hmm. Um but I did reset the board once with Space Invaders. Mm. So that that's my fame of uh, video game fame. Yeah. <laughs> mm. uh, Nick Thomas says, uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. The, you know what? That's what I was thinking of. Cause it sure you like escaped. No, it literally was escaping. <laughs> I enjoyed Conquer's Bad Fur Day a lot, actually. Uh, for the N64? Yes. I mean, that was like probably. I think I was probably saying that was the first video game where I've actually heard like real cursing. Yeah, it was a game that had like cutesy furry squirrels and and you know forest animals, and it was extremely profane and lewd and crass. It was so funny though. Like you have to have a sense of humor to do to like really enjoy it. Oh yeah, 
had a a, a giant poo monster. Yeah. To go with the, the killer X-Men Origins Wolverine yep. game. The X Men Origins Wolverine game was actually fun. I remember having that demo. Oh, okay. For the yeah. PS3. Oh. Yeah, I'll you know yeah, I'll go with that one. The X Men Origins Wolverine game. Wow. Oh, so it was pretty decent, even though the movie was trash. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. X Men Origins Wolverine was. Yeah, it was oh, Paul Jenkins. I wonder if he. Yeah, I wonder if he better. I hope he got yeah. his royalties out of that. Yeah. The the movie, not the comic. The comic was awesome. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I need to clarify. But that. the yeah, the act, the movie was actually actually took the elements from his book. Yeah, and and, and also speaking of Wolverine, uh, now with the Disney Fox merger, we will it, it, we either it, we will never or it's extremely unlikely we'll ever get a movie like Logan ever again. I mean. Mm. Logan is by far the the best X Men themed film in my opinion, and Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart that was their swan song. They went off on a high note. I know, yeah. And they should they they legitimately should have been nominated for some acting awards because they were incredible. They weren't nominated at all. No. No, the screen they got nominated for like best screenplay or something, right? Yeah, Logan got nominated for screenplay. Oh, okay, he's got something. Yeah, uh, uh, John Haponic says. Origins was awesome. Victor only liked Logan because Wolverine had cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? High five. High five. I mean, Fives. I mean, it, it 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 lent well to the dark, grim drama. I will I will admit. But you know, this, this whole meme. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you you might be familiar, Jim. But there's this whole meme that's been going around since the show began that I happen to like dark depressing dramas with with characters that suffer from some terminal disease particularly cancer so you love ps i love you i've never seen that movie okay yeah, he dies in it oh like spoiler <laughs> <laughs> you actually go backtrack to our in our archives yeah and he's most in most of the movies that he likes it just happen to be with cancer in it so it just stuck. it just stuck like there was sometimes like back when we had Iris and Maurice on the show we would just sit there like he would go over a movie and we would just literally sit there and wait he go oh and this person has cancer there we go there it is <laughs> and he pretty much nailed it every time yeah i mean it's not my fault <laughs> movies with cancer happen to be well written and acted it just hap- it just bees that way you know, you know, it's, everyone has their stitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like action. He likes cancer. People who um, dies with cancer. I, I, I look at the writing, the quality of the writing and the storytelling. If it happens to have a terminal disease, it's not my fault. <laughs> oh, it's not. Tech and Tag Tournament was a good one, too. Well, yeah, that, was a, that was a fun game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all we got. Uh, Jim, once again, thank you so oh, much. my pleasure. Uh, for joining us. Um, and also thank you to everyone in the chat, uh, for contributing uh, your thoughts on the wall. Uh, what's up? Just remember to send Vic, uh, Carl your list of bad movies. Uh, I, yes. you know what? I will actually put a post on it. We want and to I flood, it, want flood his word. mailbox yeah. of just bad, flood, bad movies. Flood that I will make a post. Yes. Oh, yes. Codex Prime Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can leave comments below on this uh, on this video. Give give Carl your recommendations for awful movies, movies. he should watch. Probably, yes. Yeah, that's probably going to end up being a goddamn weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I salute you on your endeavor. 
Uh, so yes, uh, tune in next week, uh, same time, same channel, and also tune in tomorrow on Facebook Live for the UWO podcast. Oh, the best, uh, the best in wrestling podcasting is tomorrow. Yes, uh, burials of the week, all that jazz. It's going to be great. Uh, so uh, once again, uh, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.